And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista. We transmit live from our station, so we hope that you can stay tuned to today's program. I also have an exciting program prepared for you, titled Agents of Darkness, Angel of Light. Before we continue, I think we'll open us up with a word of prayer. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, and I do pray, Lord, that you'll open up these texts to our understanding. Help us, Lord, be discerning for your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Again, we thank you for tuning into our program. The truth will set you free. Big Batista and Nathan Jones, we're talking about angels, agents of darkness, angels of light. And again, today's program is sponsored by Set You Free, and we hope that you can stay tuned and be part of the program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on the program. Great to be on, brother. Great to be on. Uh, agents of darkness, angels of light. That's, that's a fantastic topic. Nathan, I, I'm glad you like it. And as you know, there's just a lot of things that are happening around the world. Uh, people today are fearful of the future. There's so much things in the news that are happening that, that is creating fear. And sometimes people are not aware uh, uh, fully what's really behind all this. And we're hoping to uh, shed some light into the reality. So uh, Nate, it's, it's been a, a wonderful uh, journey that we've been uh, looking at these uh, passages. Last week's program was uh, amazing and fantastic. And of course, before we dive into that, I just wanted to uh, have you just for a minute, Nathan, maybe share a little bit about your background, the ministry there, uh, some of the events that you have coming up, just in case someone is new and is not familiar with the ministry you're involved in. So maybe they can also take hold of the wonderful materials that you have to offer. Well, certainly, certainly. Again, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Internet Evangelist with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a rival prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that quite a number of different ways, primarily through our, our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which can be viewed on many of the major Christian networks and also on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. We have a wealth, of, like as, as Vic said, of information, uh, articles, TV shows, videos, uh, social media, e-newsletters, you name it. <laughs> we want you to grow in, in your understanding of Jesus Christ and your relationship with him. So check us out, ChristinProphecy.org. Mm, thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And of course, the wonderful conference coming up in July, right, Nathan? Right. Uh, every year, our ministry hosts a number of conferences, but primarily our major one here in the Dallas area, July uh, 13th and 14th. It uh, covers... Uh, contending for the faith. It's an apologetics conference. We have our own Dr. David Reagan teaching. We have many others like Kelly Shackelford, uh, Mike Gendron, Eric Barger, uh, and uh, my favorite, one of my favorites, Ron Rhodes. Dr. Ron Rhodes will be here. Folks can, if you can't make it to the Dallas area, come to our website at ChristinProphecy.org and we will be live streaming it and you can check us out there. Uh, we'll keep them in archives if you can't make them those days. We just want to get the gospel out and help people grow in their faith. ChristinProphecy.org. That is amazing. I think that is fantastic. And again, Ron Rose, they, he always does a fantastic job. Uh, of course, like all the other speakers, but it's, I think it's well worth of an investment. Anyone that is tuned in, uh, try to check it out. It's like going to a school, if you will, Bible college, right, Nathan, <laughs> in these seminars. Yeah. Well, I, it depends on the speaker. Some speakers uh, tend to be stronger in, in their way of um, uh, more academic. But what I love is, is Dr. Reagan and Ron Rhodes, both are super academics, 
but they have the ability to communicate down at the level where I function, you know, where I can understand them easily. And they bring these great biblical truths down out of the rafters and help people understand them. And I hope, you know, that people see that with you and me too. You know, we have studied Bible prophecy all our lives and we love the Bible and Hopefully we're not being too academic when we share these things. We want people to understand and connect with Jesus Christ. And you can't do that when you're speaking at a doctoral level. Excellent point, Nathan. And I think that's you made a very good point uh, that there's different ways of sharing, hopefully just communicating information for individuals to be able to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. And yeah, Nathan, you and I talk about we also have an opportunity to possibly launch out our, a university. And you and I were talking about the possibility that are out there for younger individuals as well uh, to be able to uh, be educated in biblical prophecy, but not something that is over their head, but something that they can apply. Right, right. Well, Vic, why don't you tell us a little about the School of Bible Prophecy you're starting? I know it's in the infant stages of planning, but, uh, you know, let's get the word out there. Let people know what's going on with it. Hey, Nate, that's a good point. Yeah, and, and this all spun out, of course, a lot of it was our programs that you and I have been doing for almost 10 years, uh, wow. just educating those that tune in with the wonderful, I know, wow, right? It's almost 10 years, Nate, and we're going to be celebrating next year. Oh, boy. Yeah. And you're so, putting it uh, to a school, huh? Yeah. So a lot of the content, I thought, hey, why don't we put this material out there, but also try to put it a little more formally so individuals can actually get an actual degree. So about two years ago, we actually started it non-officially, if you will, uh, through uh, uh, here our ministry. But then uh, about uh, a number of months ago, we applied for the actual licensing through the state of Florida, and we were granted uh, that licensing through the state of Florida for our university. So we, that's another step up now that the Lord has opened up for us. And we'll be able to offer now, uh, our plan is to offer uh, degrees in also focused in biblical prophecy or eschatology. Man, that's fantastic. Uh, well, so people who are tuned in can start praying for this, this college degree you're trying to build. What should we call it? What are you planning on calling this school? Is it the Cavra Chapel School of Bible Prophecy? Is it, uh, what do you, what do you plan on naming it? Well, right now we're, we're, we're looking into uh, seeing if we can do what is called a DBA, but, for, but at the moment it will be just basically the Aventura University. Uh, our ministry is part of Calvary Chapel Aventura. So it will be uh, basically that and uh, just keeping a, uh, an adventurous name, if you will, for uh, any students to be able to take part of it. I like that, Aventura. Now, that's a, a town where your, your church is. Uh, is aventura an Hispanic word for something, like adventure, or is that what we're saying? Actually, exactly. It's adventure, aventura, which is an adventure. So that's a very good point. And I think this opportunity is an adventure. <laughs> adventure University. Brother, I like it. I like it. Well, folks, that's pretty exciting. I, I, I look forward to seeing how Vic puts this college together and how we here at Lamb and Lion Ministries can be of service to him. To think that you can get a, a Bible degree in eschatology and in the study of the end times is, there's not many out there. If there's any out there, I'm not sure. I know there's, I, I myself have a Bible degree and I have an emphasis in missions. Of course, I went on to seminary and got my master's and all that. But uh, to go to a school and get a degree in eschatology, well, that's almost unheard of. So, brother, I think you've found a ministry niche that's that's really needed and if folks, if you're interested in this school of Bible prophecy that uh, Pastor Vic's putting together, then uh, Vic, how, how can they uh, contact you and get information about that? 
Well, right now, Nathan, I think the best way is through our program, but also calling us. Our number doesn't change, uh, 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. Yeah, and anyone that's interested or at least wants more information or has a desire, uh, they can give us a call or they can just actually post it right there, even on social media, those that follow us live on social media, and say, hey, I will be interested uh, in something like that. And at least we can start compiling a list of individuals and send them information as we get the next steps. Right, right. And if uh, you don't want to call, you can contact me at webminister at landlion.com, landlion.com. I'd be happy to forward information that Vic has. And uh, uh, it'd be great, too, if, if people who may not be wanting to attend the college uh, would still pray for it, right? We'd love to have people praying for this school, for the success of it. Clearly, the Lord wants you moving forward with it. To, they already get accreditation. <laughs> that Brother, that just blows my mind. So the Lord definitely has a plan for the school. Oh, Nathan, you hit it right on the on the nail on the head. That's the main thing we need is prayer. Anyone that would like to pray for us, that would be fantastic because we believe that's that's really uh, what's going to make this happen. It's not us, but it's the Lord. Amen, brother. Amen. So, Nathan, thank you for allowing me to open up with that, uh, you know, that information there because I think it's very exciting how it ties to our program because, Nathan, we need to continue to shed the prophetic light on the darkness that we're seeing all around us. Last week, you opened us up there in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, talking to us about prophecy, how prophecy sheds, it's like light in the darkness. And that's what catapulted us into our series, Agents of Darkness, uh, Angels of Light, so that individuals can begin to see what's really going on behind the scenes. Uh, so Nathan, the darkness that we're under should be, shouldn't be a surprise to us, though, because the Bible declares that the leaders behind this there, there is a leader, as we discussed it on our previous program, and he's one who commands many agents of darkness, and he is himself a dark deceiver who wears many masks, and many forces of darkness are at his command. Uh, so Nathan, could you take us to 2 Corinthians 11 and read for us verses 13 through 15 uh, so that we can take a look at the, uh, the ones responsible uh, for today's darkness in our world? Well, certainly. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15 read, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is of no great thing, and if his ministers also transform them into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Wow, Nathan, this is an amazing passage because here it brings about great revelation. So here's one who's heading this up. And then the Bible also tells us that he actually commands a host of others. And here they actually call them ministers. <laughs> yeah. Well, in context here, the Apostle Paul is, is defending to the church in Corinth his apostleship. Obviously, he wasn't one of the 12 that followed Jesus up to his crucifixion and resurrection. And people were starting to question, it's like, well, what right do you have to be an apostle? Of course, an apostle, the requirement for that position is that they have met Jesus in person. And Paul did meet Jesus on the road to Damascus when Jesus confronted him as he, Paul, who was an enemy of the Lord, was chasing down Christians, throwing them in jail, even having them killed. And, and the Lord appeared before Paul and said, Paul, Paul, why are you, per or Saul, Saul at the time, why are you persecuting me? 
And Saul then went blind, and through a series of events, he eventually got saved. And he spent many years being um, trained in the Gospels, or excuse me, in, in the Bible. He was already an expert Pharisee. He knew the, the Torah forward and back, but he needed to learn about Jesus Christ. He needed to uh, learn how to do missions work, and he was teamed with with Barnabas and later Silas, or first Silas, and they went out and they started preaching, and they formed churches, and they formed this church in Corinth. So here Paul is having to defend himself, his apostleship, but then there are other people showing up claiming they're apostles too, and, and they're teaching false doctrine. They're, they're not teaching the things that Jesus Christ taught. And so Paul is helping the, the church in Corinth learn to discern the times that they were in and learn to discern who were the true apostles like he was and the false apostles who worked not for Jesus Christ, but ultimately for Satan. Nathan, that's a very good point. And, you know, the thing that also captures my attention there is verse 14, because we notice that we have a real enemy. Uh, he's at the head of this darkness, these agents of darkness. He is the one that heads these false prophets and these false apostles. And, and the thing that captures me there, there Nathan, is the transformation. It's that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Can you talk to us about that? Well, that's how Satan likes to work. Obviously, he can come against Christians directly uh, through false teaching. Uh, today, we see that definitely with the humanist and the atheist movement, you know, directly attacking Christians. But Satan knows how to work it, and he a lot of times appears as an angel of light. You think he's one of the good guys. He comes in the church, and his followers right. come to the church, and, hey, yeah, we're Christians too. And then they start teaching things not necessarily the Bible. And they start using the tactics that Satan used in the Garden of Eden, like, did God really say that? Uh, let's just put a face on it today. They're the ones coming in saying, you know what? It's not it, It's not biblical about homosexuality. You know, it, it's okay. God likes it. Let's ordain homosexuals and let's put them in the pulpit. Uh, you know, you don't believe that the Bible's the errant word of God. Well, well, that's okay. You know, the Bible's just a, a, a good book. It's not really about Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, these are the false doctrines that continue, and there's many more, that continue to worm their way into the church until you've got churches like, say, the PCUSA, for instance, who you can't, or the Episcopalians, who you don't even recognize as, as doctrinally sounding, or they're losing people left and right because there's nothing left doctrinally sound that attracts people to Jesus Christ, and eventually these denominations and these churches fall apart, and Satan's laughing all the way to the bank because they destroy the church, and he does it from the inside out, by introducing false teaching, false heresies. And Paul didn't want that to happen to the church in Corinth and, of course, to our churches today. He wants people to be discerning of how Satan works. And how Satan works is just as you said, verse 14, he comes in pretending to be a Christian, and if you're not a good discerner, you don't know your Bible, you don't know the doctrine it teaches, you start compromising and falling for the false doctrine that Satan teaches. Nathan, you know, and that's the thing about deception. Oftentimes the enemy makes deception look beautiful, makes it look pretty, makes it look attractive, makes it sound to look like the real thing. And, and it's the same thing that happened in the garden, right, Nathan? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And that's where he comes in disguising. He doesn't come in, as we often say, with a pitchfork dressed in red. He comes in as a beautiful looking thing. And, and Paul brings up the point that Jesus brought up the point, and the Gospels bring up the point. Satan isn't a symbol of evil. You know, he's not an idea or a thought. or He's an actual being. He was an angel. He served before the throne of God. He did—he was actually the most powerful angel ever created, probably still is. 
And he served the Lord until he grew jealous of, of God and wanted to take the throne and formed a rebellion. As we read in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter uh, 12, he led a third of the angels against God and they got kicked out of heaven. And there they dwell upon the earth and they try to thwart God's plan. They, they're still wanting to overthrow the throne of God. So they're trying to thwart the, Jesus' work through the church. They're trying to stop God's redemptive work through the Jews. He's, they're trying to stop Jesus returning and set up his millennial kingdom. And they use a number of different strategies. But one of the great strategies Paul points out here is they come in as ministers of righteousness. Verse 15, they're coming in as, as hey, you know, we're one of you. And then they start the same things that Satan did in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say, and you know, they start working on your lust, your you know, the flesh, what you're interested in, your desire to be on God's throne, just like uh, Satan desires it. And that's how he does it, man. He, he worms your way in. He says, I'm another Christian. He starts making you doubt the Bible. And pretty soon, the, this church is teaching that there's uh, the Bible isn't the word of God that Jesus wasn't, didn't really die on the cross, that we don't really need to be saved, that there's no such thing as hell, and these teachings destroy the church from within. And Satan has used it effectively. And we live in, as we've read in Revelation chapter 3, that the final phase of the church in this world will be the church of Laodicea, an apathetic church who thinks it's rich but really is spiritually poor. And that's been the work that Satan's been doing for the last 2,000 years, to water the church down to the point where Jesus calls it lukewarm, and because it's lukewarm, he's going to spit it out of his mouth. Nathan, you made a very good point, and that's that's prophetically right there, because we see that as a great sign of the times. Uh, it's affecting all our ministries, ours included. We see the apathy. We see the darkness rolling into the church. And uh, sad enough, many people don't even know how to turn the light on it because they're not understanding the times. They're not discerning the times. And part of what, what we're doing in this program is that individuals— can recognize the reality of the times in which we're living in. Satan is real. His agents are real. This darkness that is uh, uh, trying to overtake uh, the church is real in our country as well. And Nathan, Second uh, Peter chapter 2, you and I last week were in Second Peter chapter 1, but as we completed chapter 1 and we roll into chapter 2, it actually describes to us many of Satan's minions, these dark agents working with him. And would you be able to take us there to Second Peter chapter 2 as we look at verses 1 through 12? And we'll just break it up a little bit so that individuals can recognize how this all begins to unfold. Right. Well, let's address the destructive doctrines that Satan starts introducing into the churches to start breaking them up like a jackhammer on concrete. These are the doctrines that come in and start breaking things up. It says, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idled, and their destruction does not slumber. Mm. And Nathan, again, uh, I mean, the topic of false prophets is just incredible. Jesus himself told us, Nathan, that there will be many false prophets coming on the scene. Well, it's, Satan has tried to thwart God's plan. He, he had Jesus Christ crucified. I mean, obviously, Jesus allowed himself to be on the cross to die for our sins. But Satan thought he was crucifying the Son of God and ending God's plan. And that didn't work. And we see here, we've, we just read Paul. Now we're reading Peter. Even in the first century when the gospel was going out, 
Satan immediately started his plan. He used opposition in the way of, of great persecution against Christians, which continues to this day. Uh, but he uses a two-pronged attack. One, a direct frontal attack through false religions, but two, a internal attack that goes through by pretending to be, like we just said, an angel of light, by coming in these false prophets, false teachers. They come in and they secretly introduce destructive heresies. They don't just walk in and say, hey, you know, that's not true. They start bit by bit. It's uh, you ever been in a cave and you've seen a stalactite and stalagmites you know they were created not automatically, but from the long dripping of water through the cave. As minerals built up, these stalactites and stalagmites grew and grew and grew. And that's how Satan works in the church. He, he brings it bit by bit, a little bit of heresy, a little bit of false teaching. People start accepting it, and then they take on more and more until pretty soon there's nothing left to the church. Now, what's great, though, and both Peter and Paul brought this up, is that these false teachers, these false prophets, and Satan himself, you know, they're only allowed to operate for a little time until God's plan's over. Their swift destruction is assured. And brother, that should bring us hope, knowing that that Satan's destructors are. He's not going to be allowed to keep on pulling people away from Christ. It will end when Jesus says it will end. And Nathan, that's a very good point. And that's what that's the hope right there. We want individuals to recognize, yes, there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of deception, but the Lord is going to put an end to this. He will bring judgment upon these hideous crimes that are being committed by these, uh, if you will, agents of darkness. And, and that's what we're noticing here also in Second Peter is this transition. Yes, there's problems. Yes, there's false prophets. Yes, there are issues, but it also determines what their end will be, and the Bible also tells us what our end will be. As believers, we will be in heaven. Absolutely. Uh, if you'd like me to go on, I, I think the, this is a good point, because Peter identifies them, but then he tells us that these, these guys are going to hell. I mean, he's just not mincing words here. Verse 4, he says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of the eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day, and seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly, out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption. Ooh. I mean, that passage right there is filled with uh, just powerful uh, things that we need to recognize. But one of the things, Nathan, I just love that because it says that God knows how to deliver the righteous. And, and isn't that why we believe, Nathan, in pre-trib? We believe in the rapture of the church. We do not believe we're going through the tribulation because God knows how to deliver the righteous. Yeah. You know, I probably, I, I tried to put a little emphasis in my reading there, but it's probably nothing like Peter. Peter's mad. Paul's mad. You know, these are people that are trying to destroy the, the, the spiritual lives of these people so that, that they're drawn away from God. 
As Christians, they will become ineffective in giving the gospel, and for unbelievers, that they will be assured to go to hell. We should be mad that these people out there, we should be mad that these false prophets are out there destroying the church, and just not like, eh, okay. No, their destruction is assured. God will pay back uh, those who are evil with righteous judgment. And you know, a lot of times, that's another lie of Satan that, oh, well, God loves and he'd never judge anybody. And not true at all. We just read about how God, he's going to judge these, these angels who rebelled against him and are leading people astray. He's going to lost people who threw their hat in the ring with Satan and, and follow him and are leading people astray. Their judgment is assured. So that should be a warning to us. One, not to fall into false doctrine. Number two, not to join Satan in these false teachers and so be assured of our own destruction. You know, Nathan, you made a very good point. And this is why we're so excited. You and I have been doing this program for so many years. And part of it is to educate individuals. We're excited possibly about the university because we need to teach right doctrine. We need to teach correct doctrine. And sadly to say, we we even have that creeping into schools and so many uh, heresies that are being taught. And sometimes students come out more confused than they go in because of all the heresies they've been teaching them in school. And we see that that here the Bible is very, very strict when it comes to not adulterating the Word of God. Absolutely. Uh, we need to take the Bible for its plain sense, meaning when Jesus taught a doctrine, we need to follow it. And we not to question. And, and I mean, obviously, we should always ask questions, but we shouldn't. If Jesus said uh, a man and a woman are, are in, in have sex and marriage alone, then that's what it means. It doesn't mean fornication and adultery and homosexuality and all these other perversions. You know, if God values life, then we don't kill life through abortion. You know, we don't murder people. The Bible says don't murder, don't murder. There's there's things that the Bible taught, and we as humans are constantly compromising the Word of God, and we can't do that because it destroys our faith, it destroys our witness, and it destroys other people's lives. So trust in the Bible, follow it. Learn the Bible so you can be discerning of the times that we are living in. Oh, excellent point. And Nathan, what a wonderful encouragement you're leaving our audience with, because that is exactly why we do these programs, is so that individuals can recognize, yes, there is darkness out there. There are agents of darkness. There's a lot of hideous things going on. But we are on God's side, and God is going to deliver us from this, and he is going to punish the wicked. That thing that you need to determine at this point is which side are you on? Are you on the side of the Lord or are you on the side of the judgment? And if you recognize that you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, what a great opportunity this is for you to now make a decision to turn to the light and turn to the Lord. And you won't have to worry about the judgments that are coming. So, Nathan, and I know we only have about a minute left of the program, but we'd love for you to speak to that individual that is tuned in right now that maybe doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe how they can briefly, from wherever they are, start that relationship with him uh, with a simple prayer. Well, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you're actually considered by God as an enemy of him. John 3.36 says the wrath of God remains on you. You don't want to live under the wrath of God. You, Jesus Christ died for you on the cross and then beat death by resurrecting from the dead. So God's wrath would be on him, not on you. And you accept that free gift by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, by accepting in faith that he's the son of God and repentance, asking forgiveness of your sins. And it's simple. It's a heart change. You just pray from your heart, something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be the Lord and Savior of my life. 
and Jesus will forgive you of your sins. You'll become a brand new person in him and that you, the wrath of God will no longer remain on you. You are a new creature, the Bible says. You're an heir with Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. Fantastic, Nathan. Thank you so much for making that simple invitation clear. And again, maybe you decided and you turned to Christ right now. We would love for you to reach out to us and let us know uh, uh, that you have made that decision. We'd love to send you some information and continue to pray with you. That's what this is all about, is the revival light bringing people out of darkness and giving you the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. So, Nathan, that is just uh, amazing. And, and, of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we're so excited, Nathan, for the wonderful things that God is doing and the way that he's revealing truth to people. And, again, for those of you that are in need of prayer, you can always reach out to us as well. We would love to pray for you answer any questions that you may have. So, Nathan, amazing, amazing how time just flew in this segment of the program. But I want to thank you so much for opening up those wonderful scriptures to us, Nathan, and also giving the wonderful invitation for salvation. Well, thank you for hosting this, uh, Pastor Vic. It's, it's a great blessing. It's so important we, we're able to discern the time. So thank you. No, I, I'm glad to have you on as my co-host. And of course, for those of you that are tuning into the program, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. But again, we would love for you to continue to uh, be good students of the Word of God and trust in the Lord that He does indeed uh, have a plan for your life. And that is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, for those of you that are tuned in, continue to keep us in prayer as we seek to um, just bring the truth of God's word uh, to everyone that is listening to our program. So again, Vic Batista uh, and Nathan Jones were saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. We hope that you have uh, a wonderful, wonderful week. Have a great day. <laughs>